Hello, and welcome to the Word Experience Podcast, where the Word of God is experienced in a fresh new way. Prepare yourself to hear God's Word talk with simplicity and understanding. And now, here's your host, Cliff Goldberg. Hey, hey, fam, what's going on? Welcome once again to the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. I am, you know who I am. <laughs> I am your host, Cliff Gober. I want to welcome you again for uh, welcome you again to the podcast. Glad you could be here. Let's kick this bad boy off as we usually do with a word of prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this time. We thank you for so much for your word. We thank you so much for your wisdom, your revelation. All of it belongs to you, and you 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 lavishly give it to us. You lavishly make it available to us. And so today we grab it by faith. We snatch it by faith. All of the wisdom, all of the insight, all of the revelation that comes through your word and the revelation that comes by your Holy Spirit. We grab all of it today. We want to squeeze all the juice out of the word today. So now, God, we declare every ear open to hear, every heart wide open to receive, not just the word, but the word behind the word, so your people can hear the word, understand it, receive it for themselves, apply it to their lives, and see change happen from the inside out. We declare people being safe from all hurt, harm, or danger while they're listening to this word, if they're driving or in transportation, uh, transporting or moving in any type of way. We declare no weapon formed against this time shall prosper and that the full and complete will of God will be accomplished during this time. We thank you again, God. We honor you. We bless you. We praise you. We give your name the glory and the honor and the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What's going on, fam? Everybody good? All right. So last time we were together, uh, started a series called Life Storms. And we talked about there are three different types of life storms that we were going to examine in this series. The last, uh, the first podcast, the last podcast we did, uh, we looked at life storm number one, which was storms that can be avoided. Today, we're looking at life storm number two. And uh, that life storm is storms that can be overcome. Now, as I mentioned in the last podcast, a storm has many different reasons for coming. It's not always because we did something wrong. Sometimes it is. Sometimes it's not, right? And the better we can identify the storm, the better we, the the quicker we know how to apply what we need to apply to either to either uh, avoid it, overcome it, or the next storm we're going to look at in the next podcast, endure it, right? Some storms come and they could have been avoided. I did a whole thing on that last one. So if you haven't heard it, check it out. Some storms come and we can overcome them. That's what we're going to talk about today. Today, And then some storms come that we just have to endure. Okay, Not every storm has to be endured. Not every storm can be overcome. Eh, some storms can be avoided, though. <laughs> All right. So we don't want to talk about, you know, as, as, as I use this phrase, Last time we were together, the storms of life as if they were all caused by the same thing, right? Uh, trouble comes to every believer. There are a couple of different uh, scriptures that talk about trouble. Uh, and so we know stuff's coming. Why it comes and what we need to do when it comes, you know, uh, varies depending on why it comes, Okay, so we're going to look at the second storm today, storms that can be overcome. 
I want to start in Luke chapter 8, verses 22 through 24. Now, I mentioned in the last podcast that when we talk about these storms, these actual storms from the Bible, it's not just raining. And it's not just the wind is blowing. These are near hurricane conditions that these guys were dealing with in each and every one of these storms. Okay, as bad as it can get, that's what we're looking at. We're looking at life situations that are as bad as they can get. It's not just somebody talked about me at work. That's not a storm. That's like raining. Right. And I don't want to disrespect or dishonor anybody's situation. I know people talking about you can be hurtful, but that's not what we're talking about here. We're talking about, you know, everything could fall apart in my life with this situation. That's a life storm. Right. I could lose my business. I could lose my marriage. I could lose my job. You know, there, there is destruction that is coming to my family. Right. There's destruction that's coming to my church organization. There's destruction that's coming to my business. There's destruction that's coming to my career. And it's coming at me like a hurricane. That's what we're talking about. All right. So Luke chapter eight, verses 22 through 24. Now, verse 22 says, now it happened on a certain day that he got into a boat with his disciples and he said to them, let us cross over to the other side of the lake. And they launched out. But as soon as they sailed, he fell asleep. And a windstorm came down on the lake, and they were filling with water and were in jeopardy. See, their lives are on the line here when this storm hit. And they came to him and awoke him, saying, Master, Master, we are perishing. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and the raging of the water. And they ceased, and there was calm. The, the Passion Translation for verse 24 says, So the disciples woke Jesus up and said, Master, Master, we are sinking. Don't you care that we're going to drown? With great authority, Jesus rebuked the howling wind and surging waves, and instantly they stopped and became as smooth as glass. Now, it's interesting to me, I'm just, and I'm just noticing this here now, In the life storm that we looked at in the last podcast, where Jonah was concerned, they threw Jonah off the boat and the storm stopped. They disconnected themselves from the source of the storm and the storm stopped. Here, Jesus rebuked the storm and the storm stopped. Nobody got thrown overboard. Nobody was accused of being sinful, right? Later on in the story, he does say, why did you have so little faith, right? But, but, but there was no physical action that stopped the storm other than the words that Jesus spoke to the storm. Now, there's, something, uh, there's two things here we want to look at. First of all, Jesus said, let us go to the other side, and a storm came to stop them from going to the other side, right? And in times past, when I've taught this, Um, I've titled this storm, Storms That Come to Oppose the Word of God, right? God makes you a promise or you read something in the Bible, you make a confession and take possession of that promise for yourself and a storm comes to oppose the word, right? Uh, I believe in Mark chapter 4, Jesus gives a parable about the the seed and the sower sowing into different types of ground. 
And later on, with his uh, the close guys that were with him, he uh, explains the parable. And he talks about the seed is the word. And and um, he said, when the, the word is sown, I believe, on stony ground, the enemy comes immediately to steal. The, the, the thief comes to steal the word, right? That trouble comes for the word's sake. I think that's what he says. It comes for the word's sake. It's coming to steal the word that was sown in their hearts, right? So, so, so when the word comes and the word is established, don't be surprised if a storm of situations come to oppose the word that you're standing on. Because oftentimes, and again, we're talking about uh, uh, standing on a word and a promise of God where there is nothing else in your circumstances that support that word that you're standing on. And a storm comes. It seems like the more I believe the word, the harder life gets. Well, it's possible that this storm, this circumstance is coming into your life to oppose that word and steal it from your heart to make you believe that it's not going to happen for you. It's not going to happen for you. My God, I'm in the middle of that right now. <laughs> I'm right in the middle of that right now that a storm came, man, and it did some damage. But I'm standing on the word of God and I've been I'm, um, so so I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm getting ahead of myself. So so the word goes out and a storm comes because the word was, let's go to the other side. The storm now, if it continues to rage, it's going to stop them from getting to the other side. They might lose their lives here. OK, water's coming in the boat. Their lives are in peril, and it seems like they're not going to, the, the word that, got, that Jesus spoke is not going to come to pass because of this storm. So what do we do? We do what Jesus says. Again, we look at it in the Passion Translation of verse 24. He says, with great authority, Jesus rebuked the howling wind and surging waves and instantly they stopped and became as smooth as glass. So how do you stop a storm that came to oppose the word? You use your authority to speak to that storm and say, no, stop it. That word rebuke, I, I, my understanding is a, a loose translation of rebuke means stop it. No more. You will stop. Stop it. Stop it. You will, you will no longer have dominion in this area. You will no longer have dominion in my life. You will cease. I will have the promises of God. I will get to the other side. I will have my business flourishing. My ministry will be effective and grow. This marriage will come together and be fruitful. My children will become obedient. Right? You, you use the authority that's been given to us <clears throat> by our connection to Jesus Christ. So somebody said, well, that was Jesus. I, you know, I can't stand up there and stop a storm. That was Jesus. I'm going to tell you guys a story in a minute. Um, this happened to me uh, not too long ago. It's an awesome testimony. I'm so thankful to God for it. Um, but here's the thing. You do have the same authority that Jesus has because he gave it to you. 
Well, when did he give it to me, Cliff? I'm glad you asked. Let's go to Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Luke 10 and 19 says, Behold, this is Jesus speaking, Behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Now, in the traditional King James, he says, I give you the power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Those That word power has two different meanings. The first power is what we see here, authority. The second power that's connected to the enemy is ability. So essentially, Jesus is saying to those who follow him, his disciples, the followers of Christ, which extend now to those who are believers, right? I give you the authority over all of the ability of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Okay, so when we pray in the name of Jesus or when we make declarations in the name of Jesus, that word again, that word name also means authority. So this is not just some uh, 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 churchy phrase that we use in Jesus name, in Jesus mighty name. The word name means authority. So in the authority that is in the name of Jesus, the Christ of Nazareth, we can decree and declare things and have an expectation that whatever we say stop, stops. And whatever we say starts, starts. Right? In another place, I think it's Matthew chapter 18, Jesus says, I'm giving you the keys to the kingdom. And whatever you bind on earth is bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. Now, that's a tricky statement because the, basically the translation says, um, whatever is legal in heaven, you declare it legal on the earth. And whatever is illegal in heaven, you declare illegal in the earth. That's what the binding means. It means we have the authority to declare something that's illegal in the earth because it's illegal in heaven. And we have the, the, the authority to declare something legal on the earth because it's legal in heaven. See, prosperity is legal in heaven. Okay, don't get me started. I ain't gonna start. I ain't gonna start. Health and healing is legal in heaven. So whatever is legal in heaven, we can declare it legal on the earth because we have the authority that Jesus gave us. And whatever is illegal, poverty is illegal in heaven. Sickness is illegal in heaven. So we can make a declaration that if it's illegal in heaven, we declare it illegal on the earth. Operating in our authority. Now you got to believe this and have confidence in it to operate in it properly. All right, so here's my testimony. A couple of weeks ago, I went to the Grand Canyon on, on a little mini vacation. It was awesome, right? But a couple of days before I was going, I always, when I travel, I you know, I'll go on my phone, I check the weather, see what things are going to be so I'll know how to pack. I looked at the weather for the Grand Canyon. It's supposed to rain on the day I'm going to the Grand Canyon. Now, I didn't plan a vacation like I'm going to go down there for two or three days. So if it rains one day, I'll just go tomorrow. I didn't have that luxury. I had one day to see the Grand Canyon. And I'm not trying to see the Grand Canyon on a rainy day. And so I said out loud, this is the cool thing about living by yourself. You can talk to yourself out loud and nobody looks at you funny. 
<laughs> I said out loud to myself, no, there will be no rain on the day I go to the Grand Canyon. That's not going to happen. I've spent too much money. <laughs> My window is too small. No, there will be no rain when I go to the Grand Canyon. I, I kind of felt like Elijah when he, when he stopped up the rain for three and a half years in First Kings, right? So I make all my plans. Now, I have a decision to make. The storm, now, 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 now I'm, I'm using storm with a real small S right now because it wasn't a storm. But there was something that was opposing my trip. It's going to rain. I looked the next day. It still had a for forecast for rain. Now, I got to pack and get ready to go. Right? Now, I've got an umbrella. Do I take my umbrella or do I not take my umbrella? Right? Somebody said, well, you never can. You, you can't be too, you know, you got to be, you can't be too uh, uh, certain. You know, you probably need to take that as a backup. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Do I believe the words that I said or do I not believe the words that I said? I believe the words that I said. And I said, nope, there's going to be no rain when I get to the Grand Canyon. So I didn't take my umbrella. Right. But I thought about it. Don't 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 get it twisted, guys. I'm not like I've said this many times. I'm not flying in from heaven to give you guys this word and I got it all figured out. I'm living this too. Right? So I thought about it. I looked at my umbrella. It's like, ah, better safe than sorry. You know all those phrases that we have that are non-faith phrases that we've learned in our society. Right? Ah, better safe than sorry. It's better to have it and not need it than to need it and not have it. Right? All of that. Nope. Nope, I'm standing on the word. I'm standing in my authority. There will be no rain on the day I go to the Grand Canyon, right? So I do my thing. I travel to Las Vegas. I rent a car. I drive down. It's about a three-hour drive from Vegas. <clears throat> I'm heading down there. The weather's great, right? About halfway down towards the canyon, about <clears throat> 20 miles in the distance, I see a huge, thick thing of clouds that spread it for miles, right? And I said, oh, man. I said, well, <clears throat> whatever it's doing right now, when I get to the Grand Canyon, there will be no rain. Right? So I'm driving. And I'm driving. And about eh, 45 minutes to an hour later, I, I drive into a rain. It's raining. And I say to myself, all right, get it out of the way now. Because by the time I get to the Grand Canyon, there will be no rain. Out loud, I'm saying this. Right? So I'm driving, and eventually I get to the little village outside the Grand Canyon, and literally in my car, I look up, and the rain turns to snow, right? Now, I'm at, the, I'm at the village. I haven't seen the Grand Canyon yet, but I'm at the place where the Grand Canyon is, right? I say, okay, get your little snow out the way. Get all that stuff out the way, because by the time I get to the Grand Canyon, there will be no rain, and, and so later now it's snowing. So I, 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 you know, I, I get my tour together. I purchase my tour. I got about 45 minutes before my tour starts. I go to an airport to visit to see if some of, uh, I work in an aviation college and we've hired, uh, there's an, a helicopter company down there and they've hired some of our graduates. So I go over to the hangar to see if any of our maintenance guys, if some, any of the maintenance guys are graduates from the college. I just want to go say hi, right? It's snowing, like for real snowing now, right? So I go to the hangar. None of my guys are there. I come out. I'm looking at it, and it's snowing. I said, you know what? I was cool with snow, but there's not going to be any snow either. 
And I looked up in the air and it's cloudy, but I can see the sun trying to peek out from the other side of the clouds. This is a true story, man. And I said out loud, come on out, son. Come on out. Come on out. Because by the time y'all already know what I said, by the time I get to the Grand Canyon, there will be no rain and there will be no snow. Don't you know? Hallelujah. About a half hour later, we go into the park. The first is it's, it's stopped raining. It has stopped snowing. Now, the sun is not out yet, but it has stopped raining and it has stopped snowing. By the time we got to there's four stops that they take you to where you can go out and take pictures. By the time we got to the first stop, the sun was starting to come out. And that was actually the last stop. We passed that one. So when I saw the Grand Canyon, there was no rain and there was no snow. Now, I took what they call the sunset tour, and they take you to three different stops. And when you get to the last stop, that's where the sun goes down, right? And it is just the most amazing, breathtaking sight of nature I have ever seen. Now, I've not traveled all over the world. I know there's some other places that are probably as breathtaking or more. But for me, that was the most breathtaking sight, natural sight I had ever seen. It was truly a wonder of the world, right? So I got the full tour, no rain, no snow, right? And the guide at one point, uh, we were, me, it was me and two other guys who were taking the tour, and the guide, we were walking to the, to the photo shop, to the photo area, photo op area. And the guide said, well, man, the, the weather really cleared up. And I said, I, I, I don't know how many, I don't think I've ever been this bold outside of church. <laughs> but I said, I said, well, listen, I don't want to offend anybody, but I prayed for this to happen. And I said it just like that, you know, because not everybody's cool with Christianity and everybody's got their belief systems. And it that is what it is. Right. But I just said, I said, listen, I ain't trying to, I'm not trying to, uh, 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 offend anybody but this is what I prayed for and I got what I prayed for I use my authority this is this is not about me this is about the authority that Jesus gave me when I made a decision to give him my life and have faith in what he did on that cross and now I received that authority and I applied that authority to that situation you can do the same thing I am nobody special. Matter of fact, the, the, the scripture, I want to say it's in Hebrews, but I can't remember. But the scripture says that Elijah was a man just like everybody else, just like anybody else. But he stopped rain for three and a half years by the words that he spoke. He spoke it and said, there will be no rain in this area until I say so. Now, he was going on the authority that God had given him as a prophet of God, right? So Elijah is no different from me, and you are no different from Elijah, and none of us are no different from him. We're all the same. The only difference is we have the authority that is given to us by God through Jesus Christ. And when a storm comes that comes to oppose the word of God, 
that comes to oppose the promises of God, whether he's revealed it to you through his spirit or through his word or through a prophet. When a storm comes to oppose that word and keep you from trying to keep you from getting to the other side, you exercise your authority. You open your mouth and you say what God has said. Paul talks about Abraham in Romans chapter four. He says against all hope, Abraham believed in hope. And he says he did not consider his age nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. But he was fully persuaded that what God told him is going to come to pass. You can read it for yourself. Romans chapter four is awesome. Okay, so so you have to be fully persuaded in what God told you. Get your confidence up. I did a podcast not uh, some time back called uh, 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 I can't remember the name of it. <laughs> the things that we consider. I'm on a roll here now. The things that we consider. Right. You can't spend a whole lot of time paying attention to the storm. You can't spend it. You know, Peter had that issue when he was walking on the water. You have to lock in to what the word says here. The word was we're going to the other side. Let's go to the other side. And that's why Jesus rebuked him at the end when the storm was over. He said, you know, why are you so afraid? Why do you have such little faith? I told you we're going to the other side. Right. And so, and we don't want to beat the disciples up. This was all new for them. And for some of you, this whole Christianity thing might be new for you. So it's all good. We're learning and we're growing as we go. Some of us have been in this for a minute and we're still learning and growing as we go. I learned some stuff about the Christmas thing the other day. I was reading the scripture and looking at some commentary. Blew my mind. I won't get into it, but it's, it's, it's amazing. Um, so we're still learning and we're growing. That's why we have these podcasts. That's why we go, go to Bible studies. That's why we study the word. That's why we assemble together with other believers so we can learn and grow and mature and become superhuman Christians that can do things that the world says can't be done. Whoever saw a storm stopped with a word, peace, be still, and everything stops. And, and when you read this in, in the scriptures, the Bible says those guys marveled. Who is this guy that can stop a storm? But later on in their lives, they were able to do a lot of the same types of things. And I'm telling you, fam, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. The authority that Jesus has given us by our connection with him as believers, we can utilize to stop storms that come to oppose the word. Now, you can't stop a storm that came because of your disobedience with, with your authority, okay? If, if, if you made some decisions and it brought a storm, you may have to backtrack and reverse where you're doing, or you may have to deal with some consequences, get on the other side of it and move on. But a storm that comes to oppose the word, you can overcome that bad boy, right? By just standing on the promises of God and making your declarations. All right. And God will always give you something that will support what he promised you. Right. He gave Abraham the stars and the sands on the seashore. Abraham didn't have a Bible. Right. God gave him the stars. If you can count the stars, that's how that's how large your seed is going to be. Look at the grains of sand. Uh, 
as innumerable as those things are, that's how innumerable, you, innumerable your seed is going to be. So God gave him something that could support his faith in what God said. And he will always give us something to support what he said. Because oftentimes the storm looks 180 degrees different from what he said. That storm says, you're not getting to the other side. The word says, let's go to the other side. And there's a battle that goes on. How do we stop the battle? We walk in our authority. That's thing number two. I'm thing number one. Thing number two, we have to only believe. We have to believe. We have to believe that what the word said is true, no matter what the circumstances look like. We have to believe that what the word says is true in our lives, no matter what the circumstances look like. I know we've been raised. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I know that's how we've been raised. But the kingdom of God operates in a totally different manner. The world says, I'll believe it when I see it. The kingdom says, believe it before you see it. The world says, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when I see it. The kingdom says, I see it, so I believe it. See, I see it with my inside eye, so I believe it. And then I'll see it with my outside eye. Right? In Hebrews, it talks about how God created the earth God created things that are seen with things that are not seen. And this is when he's talking about the definition of faith in Hebrews chapter 11. That God created what was seen by things that were not seen. And if you go back to Genesis, you go, you see God and all throughout Genesis through the creation, you'll see the scripture says, and God said, let there be. And God said, let there be. And God said, let there be. And then you get to the end of it. The Bible says, and God saw everything that he made. Wait a minute. Earlier it said God said. Now it says God made. What's the connection? It was made based on what he said. Because he was fully persuaded in his word. And so likewise, we have to gain a level of confidence where we're fully persuaded in the word and then we speak what God says and we rebuke the storm and we get to the other side. But you got to believe it. You got to believe it. So let's look at Mark chapter 5 verses 21 through 25. Only believe. You got, see, believing and faith, you know, they're, they're interchangeable. But um, if believing is not there, this whole thing can't work. Because if you don't believe, everything gets short-circuited. If God didn't believe in his word, the world couldn't be created. Light couldn't be created. The firmament was, would not have been created. Day and night would not have been created. We would not have been created. If, we, if he didn't believe his word, right? This is why our words have to have integrity. And I know we've grown up with people being sarcastic and facetious and telling jokes. And girl, you, you, you make me sick. Right? That tickled me to death. I don't want nothing to tickle me to death. <laughs> people say, well, you know, Cliff, that's just what we say. Yeah, but when it's time to believe what we say, we struggle with it because we spend so much time believing, saying what we don't believe. Right? 
Boy, that make me sick. Did it make you sick? Or did it anger you or frustrate you? Right? That really frustrated me. All right, cool. See, those words have integrity because they speak to what's really going on in my heart. Oh, man, that, that, that made me laugh so hard my stomach started to hurt. See, now if your stomach really started to hurt, now your words have integrity. So when it's time to, to rebuke a storm, you have no problem believing in your words. Right? Somebody says, is it that deep? Yeah, you know, it, it's that deep for you. If you want your words to have, if you want, if you want the results that what you say come to pass, yes, yeah, that deep. If I spend a whole lot of time being sarcastic and facetious and, and irresponsible with my words when it was time to declare there was no rain, I probably would have brought, brought an umbrella. I probably would have been shaky with my faith and it probably would have rained. And I'd have been standing there going, man, I'm glad I brought my umbrella. But I would have not had the testimony that I have now. Right? So we got to believe. So here we go. Mark chapter 5, verse 21 through 25. I'm going to skip around in this because um, there's, there's stuff going on. But we're, we're going to finish up with this story. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him. And he was by the sea. Ah, I say that, Lord. It's okay to cry, but you got to keep believing. It's okay to cry because, you know, pressure is applied, man, stuff looks bad, doesn't look like it's going to come to pass. It's okay to cry, but you got to keep believing. All right? That was for somebody. It may have been for me, but, you know, I'm on the mic, so it came out. <laughs> All right? Let me start over. Verse 21, Mark chapter 5. Now, when Jesus had crossed over again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold... One of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet and begged him earnestly, saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. Now, in this particular version of it, Jesus doesn't say anything, but his actions say, I agree with what you just said, and I'm going to go do it, right? Jesus didn't say, nope, I won't heal her, right? Jairus said, Jairus gave the word that Jesus agreed with. Come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she will live. That's what he said. And Jesus is like, dig it. I'm with you. Let's go, right? Now, let's jump down to verse 35, Mark chapter 5, verse 35, because right after this, the woman with the issue of blood showed up and, and that, that whole story. So I want to move past that and continue on with the J. Iris part of this story. Verse 35 says, while he was still speaking, Jesus speaking to the lady with the issue of blood, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Somebody say life storm. Here comes a storm that opposed the word that Jairus said and believed in. You come lay hands on my daughter. She will be healed and she will live. And then a storm came from somebody who said your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? That's the storm. See, that's a storm right there. Your daughter is dead. Leave Jesus alone. It's too late. Stop all that confessing. It's all over now. 
My God. But watch verse verse 36. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. See, a storm will scare you. It will scare the dickens out of you. I don't know what dickens is, but it'll scare it out of you. <laughs> a storm is frightening. Right. It, it, you know, in, in the Midwest where I come from, there are tornadoes and blizzards <laughs> and heat waves. <laughs> That's why I'm here now. But in the Midwest, when tornadoes come, certain areas of the Midwest, they have uh, uh, basements or tornado shelters. Right. And you go down there and you go in the basement and you can hear the wind blowing. And if the tornado passes over the house, man, you can hear the house being affected and stuff. Blo I mean, it's terrifying right it, it it shakes you to your core and so when 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 Jairus's assistant comes to him and i'm sure the guy was crying the daughter your daughter's dead don't trouble the master anymore man i'm sure it shook him to his core why because jesus says don't be afraid don't be afraid then he says only believe. Now watch this. This is verse 36 out of the Passion Translation. It says, but Jesus refused to listen to what they were told. Wow. See, there's a, I'm, I'm, I got a statement. I, I'll save this statement because I was about to say it, but <laughs> there's a boldness that you have to do. Have to have, Calm down, Clifford. There's a boldness that you have to have when a storm hits you that opposes the word. There is, a, I heard a minister say, a, just a doggonedness that you have to have. Jesus refused to listen to what they were told. And he told the Jewish official, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is to keep on believing. Yes, a storm will scare you. Yes, a storm will make you cry because it seems like what you said, it seems like what you've confessed, it seems like what you heard by the Spirit of God in your quiet time, it seems like what you read in the scripture is not going to come to pass. Your daughter is dead. Why troubleth the master? And Jesus refused to listen to that report and said to Jairus, don't yield to fear. All you need to do is keep on believing. Wow. Wow. So this is what I wrote. At times, there must be a holy deafness to the words of others. Words that can create storms that would distract us from the purposes of God. Sometimes you can't listen to those people. And listen, most of us have people in our lives. I'm sure that when the guy came to Jairus, he was well-meaning. The daughter is dead. He wasn't trying to, to, trying to make Jairus feel bad. I'm sure. He just came to give him the news. Sometimes people are just coming to give you the news thinking they're going to help make things better for you. 
to help make help, <laughs> help make you see reality. But faith overrides reality. Faith supersedes reality. If you go through Hebrews 11, the writer runs down all of the different people who did things by faith that overrode the reality of the situation. And, and uh, listen, I know people take this thing way off to the, to, the, to the wide end of the spectrum. I get it. And I know there's been some quote-unquote super deep people that, that, that operated in what they called faith and it was just foolishness. I get it. I get it. But there is a truth here. That when we, when we take in the word of God in proper context as a promise. Yeah, I'll go ahead and say that, Lord. See, there, there, there's a group of people, I don't know if they still exist, but they did some years ago. Uh, they called them snake churches. And they would bring snakes to the church because the, because the Bible says that I've given you, a, I just read it, authority over serpents and scorpions. So we're going to come to church and we're going to see what kind of faith we have. And we're going to stick our hands in this box that's got these snakes in it. And if we got faith, the snake won't bite us. And if it bites us, it won't kill us. And people have died from that foolishness. And people have said, see, they didn't have no faith. That is foolishness. That is foolishness. That's not faith. And see, that's the stuff that gets the spotlight and makes the church look bad and makes somebody, some people believe that I, I, I don't know how to do this. So I'm going to just leave it alone. I'm going to just leave it alone. Right. And we allow ourselves to be robbed of one of the most powerful spiritual resources that heaven has made available to us, which is the faith of Jesus Christ to supersede natural situations. I didn't declare there'd be no rain at the Grand Canyon uh, just to prove something. I didn't want to see the Grand Canyon and it's raining outside. I just, I just, you know, I'm going to the Grand Canyon. I don't want it to rain. I'll exercise my authority. Now, I'm not going to abuse that authority. I'm not going to abuse that authority. Somebody has a position I want. I'm going to exercise my authority. I declare in the name of Jesus, they're going to be fired and I'm going to get that job. No, 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 no. There is no love. There is no compassion in that for the other person. I just didn't want it to rain when I went to the Grand Canyon. And I understood I had authority available to me to keep that from happening. I wasn't trying to prove my faith. I wasn't trying to prove to anybody else that I had faith. I didn't even tell anybody about it till after it happened. I just didn't want it to rain while I was at the Grand Canyon. Right? Only believe. Operate in your authority and only believe. And, and, and we have to close our ears sometimes to well-meaning people who are bringing us a word that will create a storm. That we have to overcome. Alright. And you got to have a boldness. What did Jesus say? He refused to listen to what they were told. And if you read the rest of the story. He gets to Jairus' house. And there are people in the house. And they're mourning because the young lady had died. And Jesus puts them out of the house. I don't think he was mean about it. But he had to have people in agreement with him. And he takes them out. Asks them to leave. He goes in. 
He brings the girl back to life and, and, and people flipped out. You, you've got to have those people who stand in agreement with you. You got to have those people who will stand in agreement with you, right? Uh, in Genesis chapter eleven, uh, people were, had made a decision to build a tower that goes up to heaven, and God says the people are one. And just paraphrasing it here, the, since they are in agreement, there is nothing that they can't do. So when you find pe- find people that will be in agreement with you about the thing that you're believing God for about the thing that God promised you. God has made me promises years ago that have yet to come to pass, but I'm not coming off of it. I'm not coming off of it. I will see what he has said to me in its fullness and in its completeness. And when it happens, you know, some of you guys may see me on some public forums or whatever. I'll give you a little wink and you'll know what that means. I'm I'm walking in what he told me. We have to operate in our authority when things come to oppose the word and the promises of God. And as we're operating in our authority, we have to continue to believe what God said. And eventually we will see what he made. (laughs) Y'all see what I did there? Right? In Genesis. And God saw what he made. And he made it when he said it. So if he said it, you believe it. You operate in your authority, and eventually you will see what he said. That's all I got for today. That's all I got for today. Man, I love you guys so much. Thank you so much for listening. Oh, man. So the next time we come together, uh, we'll look at storm number three, life storm number three, and that's a storm that has to be endured. Nobody likes this, but this is one of the three. That's why I saved it for last. It's the, it's the toughest one to deal with, but it's all good. Whatever storm comes, God's going to get us on the other side of it. Amen. Thank you guys again for listening. This has been awesome, awesome, awesome. Um, have a great time. Have a great day or have a great evening whenever you're listening to this. And I'll see you next time on the Word Experience Podcast, where we experience the Word in a fresh new way. God bless y'all. Peace. We hope you enjoyed today's podcast and that what you heard will start you on a journey of change and transformation. If you'd like to communicate with Cliff with a question or a comment, you can do so via email at clifftalk 63 at gmail.com. That's clifftalks, the number 63, at gmail.com. And thank you for listening. God bless, and we'll see you next time on The Word Experience.